Mobile boutiques, fashion trucks, are they still a thing? Should you do it? And what does it really take to run a mobile boutique? I'm going to get into all of that because yes, I once had a mobile boutique. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Booster Boutique Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Benson, corporate merchant turned boutique owner turned consultant. I want you to start, grow, and scale your boutique business right here with me. If you're ready to master your mindset, margins, and marketing, you're in the right place. Hi, my name is Emily Benson. I am a consultant for boutique owners who want to scale their businesses. So they're just starting out, they're growing, they're starting to make more money, and they're actually doing really well. I can help you go from $0 to $3,000 a month, from $3,000 to $15,000 and $15 and beyond. I'm excited to talk about this today because in my own mobile boutique, the fashion truck in Boston, Massachusetts, I easily did six-figure months up to, I want to say... My biggest month was around $35,000. Yes, did I work hard? Yes, did I sweat a lot? Yes, was I dirty a lot? Yes. <laughs> it's not as fashionable as you think. But listen, I'm going to tell you all about how to run a mobile boutique because why not? I don't do it anymore. And I've helped lots of other mobile boutiques, like maybe the one you want to start or the one you're starting to build. Congratulations. I want to tell you a lot of my secret tips and tricks because I don't think a lot of people share this stuff and I'm in the business of sharing. So let's jump right in. Okay, so when you're looking for a mobile boutique, it's really important to understand what you wanna have and what you wanna do with it. Where do you plan on taking this? Are you gonna go to women's driveways? Are you going to go to fairs, festivals, equestrian shows? dance competitions, like what are you going to do, right? You need an audience. And the cool part about having a mobile boutique or a fashion truck is that you get to take it wherever you want, theoretically. (laughs) Important thing is, is that you can physically move it there by yourself and that you'll fit somewhere. Are you going to be okay on the highway, on back roads, places where you might be scared to drive a car? You might have to take your truck or your trailer. You still have to be comfortable doing that. I would say if I were you, I would go and test out different modes of how you want to sell because it is going to be different for everyone. For me, I had a step van. I knew that I wanted it to be like a bread truck or a FedEx truck where I could go from the front to the back easily, where the back doors opened, I could put downstairs and people could just come right in. I had a very clear vision of what it was that I wanted. And that took me exploring different kinds of trucks, trailers, RVs, what was going to work. And the size of it was also really important. Generally, when you go to fairs or festivals, the size of your booth is what you pay. So normally it's 10 by 10 because that's the size of a tent, right? Most people are setting up tents. You're going to drive in with your truck or your trailer. So you might have to pay more. If a spot that's 10 by 10 is $100 and you're 30 by 10, then you're going to pay $300 theoretically if they allow you to come. The big piece of all of this is understanding that you want to be comfortable and you want to be able to build it out inside 
to what you want it to look like. A lot of people will say, well, an RV is like already looks like a house. Yes, but the RV comes with like a lot of stuff inside. For me, I wanted something really raw on the interior of the box so that we could build it out from scratch. My father and I, thank God he's so good at all of this stuff, he built all of this out. So he put electrical in the walls. He framed it like a house, but also framed it with some give. Remember, this vehicle is moving. So you almost want to build it like you would an RV or you would a sailboat, right? Something that's always moving. So you want to have give in your walls. You want to have give in your floor. We actually had issues with flooring that was strip flooring, um, like the pasted ones that kind of fit together because as we move, the seams were starting to come apart and you could see the glue in between. So on our second version, we actually put down commercial vinyl flooring that looked like wood. It was incredible. I think it's still standing in that truck now. That was an investment. It was definitely more than the strips and we had to get it put in by a professional, but I was sick of getting all the dirt stuck in the glue strips. I was like, we're not doing this again. This is crazy. Again, everything in your vehicle moves. When you're thinking about the build out, you want to, like I said, give everything some give, right? You want to use screws, not nails. So like you have some give. The other piece of your build out is obviously the aesthetic piece of it. Yes, you wanna frame out the walls, you want to put up probably plywood, not drywall. I think drywall is like a little too rigid. We did plywood, put up a nice ceiling, like it dropped a little bit. You can make your ceiling more aesthetically pleasing and not as functional. For us, we had function in it, we had speakers, we had lights, things like that. But if that's too complicated for you, you could just cover the ceiling with something that you find at the hardware store or at the home improvement store. The big thing for us was that we slowly built inside. We didn't just make it all over. I've seen people spend like $60,000 renovating vehicles and then they don't make that money back. It's already expensive. Like step vans and box trucks, they're anywhere between $5,000 and $30,000 just for the raw vehicle. Then you have to do the build out. You just, you want to keep things as least expensive as possible because in your area, you don't know if this is going to work. And this is why I say you want to know where you want to go and what you want to be doing in that truck so that you can make sure you are in a good spot to make your money back. You're putting forth more of an investment than most people are. And yes, you're going to pay that off over time, but it's like buying a car and then being able to fund it with what you do in the car. That's the cool part about it, but it is definitely a big initial investment. We're not also talking about the inventory. And so before we get any farther on inventory, I want to make sure that you know I have a free download for you all about where to buy inventory. It has a list of my favorite vendors. It has all the websites, all the trade shows, all of the inside scoop you're going to need to be able to actually purchase inventory for your mobile boutique. So all you have to do is head to this website. We'll put it in the notes too. That website, you're just gonna enter your email and we'll email that PDF to you. It's a 10 page PDF and I know it's gonna help you get started on this journey through Boutique Land. Now, when we're talking about inventory inside a mobile truck, we have to remember, again, things are moving around. So how do you build the truck in a way, the fixtures and everything on it, so you can keep as much hanging? I would go to events and see other you know, mobile vehicles that were trying to be like me, but they didn't really understand the internal, they didn't like pre-think about how am I going to drive with everything up? And that was one of the core tenets of how my dad and I built my truck 
because I knew I was solo. I knew 99% of the time I was on my own driving, setting up the whole gamut. We want to make sure that you build out fixtures where your clothes can be hanging. There's ridges for them to hang. Bracelet fixtures can be attached to things. If you want to sell scarves, you have a scarf bar that's attached right in there. You can just loop your scarves around. There are going to obviously be some product categories that don't work in a truck in terms of keeping them up full time. But the fewer we can keep that, the better. You also want to make sure this just doesn't look like a rolling closet. Any kind of drawers that pull out, that's not going to work. You want people to be able to walk. I see a lot of mobile boutiques that have sort of parallel bars along the side of their truck. And I don't love that. It feels a little bit discounty. You also need a lot more inventory to fill those big racks. So for me, I always use face outs and I stacked styles by color um, and made it really interesting. So people had to stand in front and kind of look through, but it was easy for them to view. Remember, people don't want to be in your truck for that long. They're probably not going to spend as much time inside your truck because it's bouncing on wheels as they are in a stationary brick and mortar store. Important to remember that people aren't going to want to be in there digging through stuff. If you can show off, you know, 20 great items and flip those all the time, you're going to have a customer base that's going to keep coming back. And with a mobile boutique, because you move around so much, you're going to want to know that your customer are looking out for you. There's like, oh, she's getting new stuff every single week. I'm going to hunt her down and find her so I can shop with her. The other thing about inventory is that people are going to want to try it on. I think that if you can have a dressing room, I had two in your mobile boutique, there are going to be so many more people that will want to actually purchase as they leave. They're not going to say, well, I'm not going to buy this because I can't try it on. Are there going to be days where it's too hot? Yes. Are there going to be days where it's too cold? Yes. But if you are out during those prime times in your area where it's 65 to 75 degrees, maybe even 55 to 75 degrees, then you are golden. If you want to know more about how to operate a mobile boutique, I have a two hour class it's a masterclass that I taught. It's a paid class. So if you want the inventory guide, that's free. This is paid, but it literally goes into everything and more step-by-step. Step. It's a video training. I know the people that have taken it have really loved it. Honestly, I loved having a mobile boutique. I had a six-figure business. I was making 20 to 30 grand a month. Yes, it was hard work. Yes, I worked mostly weekends, but it was really flexible. I got to meet a lot of great people and in two hours or four or six hours time, I was in and out making money and on my way home. I hope you'll consider having a mobile boutique for your business and I hope this helps you and I really do wanna help you be successful on this journey. All right, you guys, thanks for joining me. Here's to making lots of friends and making lots of money. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Boost Your Boutique podcast. If you wouldn't mind taking a second to go ahead and scroll down if you're on the Apple podcast or Spotify and leaving us a quick rating and review, we would really appreciate it. It helps more amazing boutique CEOs just like you find this podcast and this incredible free resource. Thanks again for listening and we will see you in a few weeks.